Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. T-G-I-P-D. Thank God it's podcast day. Happy Friday, everyone. This is Rob Foss with episode number 167 of Shut Up and Grind. Back to wearing the tank top again. You know, even though, even though it's getting cold out there, but I'm inside, so it's all good. So now, if you are new to the show, we're all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds. We're about kicking all the excuses to the side and kicking so much ass until you reach your goal. That's what this is about. So if that fuels you, you're in the right place. If you don't think it fuels you, stay here because I promise me, I promise me, wow, I promise you we will change your mind. That's one of the downsides of doing this live is I can't go back and edit that out, but it's all good. So if you're joining me on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. If you're joining me on Facebook, like and share because don't keep this fabulous information to yourself. And it's another opportunity to meet another great guest. And so if you want to know, who is this guy? And why should I be listening to him? In the next minute and 18, we'll let you know. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of, front of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. It starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again all that stuff I was like you know what like I want to be able to take this even bigger if you know why you do what you do you have to know how to charge for what you do that's how you're going to change your life and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family you gotta know your work I challenge you to find a better podcast intro than that all right, so that's who I am in a nutshell. So a couple of side notes before I get to the teachable moment of the day. You know, I do a show with my lovely daughter, Olivia, called We Buy to Get Deep. That's where we take tough comp tough compositions, tough conversations, and we have rational discussions about it. So if you're tired of other shows that turn into a bloodbath with people just talking over each other and yelling and screaming, but these conversations need to be had. So this show is about teaching you how to have these conversations like an adult, and you get my Generation X opinion, and you get my daughter's m millennial opinion. 
And we have all-star panel number three, although this is the number two thumbnail, but we got all-star panel number three is going to be on November 18th, where I have another six of my uh, my former guests. And we're going to be talking about how to develop an attitude of gratitude. All right. So for the teachable moment of the day is I want you to stop beating yourself up. Okay. Nobody is perfect. There's not one person out there who's perfect. I'm damn close, but nobody is perfect. Okay. So I want you to take losses the same way you take winning. Like for people that watch this show on the regular, you know, I'm constantly talking about the passing of my father in 2019. And I keep bringing it up because losing someone you love is one of the worst things ever. But I share all the teachable moments from losing him, from him getting sick to watching him deteriorate to watching him take his last breath. There's teachable moments there. And so whatever it is that you go through, there, there are things that you can take away from it and teach other people. That's called experience, okay? So don't overlook those moments, okay? And if you need help with that, I created a program called Speak About Yourself Out Loud, where I teach you how to take whatever happened in your life and how to take those moments and turn them into something that you can use, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a blog, whether you want to write write a book or write articles. Like there's so many different ways that you can leave an impact on this world just from talking about your life's experiences, all right, so that's today's teachable moment. So today we're going to be talking about breaking down workforce barriers. So I know that can go in a hundred different directions, but my guest is she, she's the expert in this area. So we're going to let her lead lead the conversation, and then I'll just piggyback when I can. And so, who is this guest? You ask. And she began her career as a producer for theater productions. She later moved into mainstream entertainment television on such shows as General Hospital, Friends, Veronica's Closet. And she was also an in-house staff producer for the Walt Disney Company, Universal Studios. She just captured my heart right there. I love Disney and Universal. And the Staples Center, where she produced for the Lakers, Kings, and Avengers. Like like Captain America Avengers or the, there's some other Avengers? I'm not sure. But anyway, way, welcome to the show, Diane Strand. Good morning. Well, well, hello, everyone. Hi, Robert. It is so wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I'm really excited about uh, what we're going to talk about today. So let's get to it. Awesome. Awesome. I'm, I'm really glad you're excited to want to talk about what you're skilled in. <laughs> I love it. It, it, it. I'm skilled in passion. That is yeah. truly what I am skilled in. And that's what I hope I can feed to your viewers and listeners. Absolutely. All right. So you said you're out in LA? I am. Well, I'm south of LA. I'm in Temecula, you know, Southern California wine country. So that's where, where I, I am, about 70 miles south of LA. Okay. Yeah. I know, I know Temecula. Yeah. I've been to Costa Mesa, I've been to Irvine. I'm gonna be in San Diego next next uh, end of end of July for the transplant games, but uh, I like it out there. You'll have to come look me up if you come get a glass of wine. You'll drive right by me. <laughs> awesome. All right, we'll do. All right. So, are are you originally from there? No, not originally. I'm born and raised Midwest, Michigan. Uh, okay. 
lived in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana, but I've been a California girl since I was 14, so I kind of qualify at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. You're definitely a transplant. And like, I was born in New York City, but I spent the boat. I think we moved to Rhode Island when I was two and a half, I want to say. So, yeah. So, so I'm definitely from Rhode Island. I just say I was born in New York, but I'm from. Exactly. So. Yeah, you know, I got a little bit of that Midwestern flair to me, you know, just enough to, you know, be able to be a, a global person. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was just in Indiana a couple of weeks ago for a Spartan race and I got invited back to to a friend's house for for dinner. I Now, I'm, I'm such a carnivore. So I like all kinds of beef and roast and all that good stuff. But with whatever spices he had. It was some type of Indiana homegrown spice. It was like the best cut of, cut of meat I've ever tasted. It's incredible. Well, that's great. Well, you know, you'll have to see if he can share his secret recipe, and you know, we can we can do a show. You can do a show on that. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, I was very very impressed. All right, so so you said you got some of that Midwestern flair. So how would you describe yourself? Tenacious. Um, it would be the first um, word that comes to mind. Um, but passion is a second one. And then you have to go down to words like compassionate and kind. And then you can get into words like, you know, you can get into words that that kind of start showing a little bit more of my drive and ambition and you get into where you know that one is never enough and sometimes a thousand is too many kind of thing so uh you know i'm that a type personality that just likes to go 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 and sometimes i have to remember to say you know it's okay to you know put on the brakes a little bit or stop and smell the roses for sure. Yes. Yeah. So as you, as you were talking, I got, I got the vibe determined. No, the, determined. the vibe of what? Of determined. Oh yes. 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 Cause like I tell people in the gym, they'll say, Oh, I don't have the motivation. I'm like guys, motivation is a freaking fallacy. And I said, you need, you need determination and discipline. If you have those two, you can operate under any conditions any condition so so yeah when you're working out is it nice to have some music on yeah but if you forget your headphones that doesn't mean you still can't crush it in a gym <laughs> if you're focused on the task at hand and yeah. you know b before before we, we dive into to the main topic because like i spent 20 years in in corporate america well long, longer than that but i spent a long time in corporate america before i veered off into fitness and even as a manager i would constantly tell people it's like, you know, you're not just here to get a paycheck. I said, if that's how you think, you are never going to grow <laughs> within the, within this business or in this company. Like, you're never going, going to grow. I said, once you make this about something bigger than yourself, because kind of like, like you, I was always go, go, go. And everyone was like, wow, why, why are you doing, why do you do so much? Like, why are you constantly doing this? I'm like, like this is how you get ahead, man. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, if something comes available, I'm leaving no doubts that I'm the best candidate. You know, so, I love that. Thank you, and we and we can we can circle back to that. But I just wanted to preface with that before I asked you, like, so what what was your childhood like? Like, where did your tenacity come from? 
Well, you know, um, Mr. Steve Jobs, Mr. Apple, there's a quote that he puts out there and it's that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You have to look back. And, you know, I, I had to look back recently. I did a keynote uh, just actually last week, Friday, and, you know, it took me all the way back to second grade, which would put me back in that Midwestern flair, um, you know, second grade. Um, there were three things that kind of came to my mind um, when I started to think about that. That was when I was a struggling reader at that time and being diagnosed with a little bit of dyslexia. Uh, there was a school competition in my second grade of who could sell the most candy and the grand prize was winning a little tiny little 19 inch black and white TV. I wanted that TV. I won that TV. Nice. And the third thing was, is that I really wanted to be in the play and play Betsy Ross in the second grade play. And I knew as a struggling reader, that was going to be hard. And I worked and I worked and I worked and I played Betsy Ross. I won that TV. And when I look back now, even as somebody who still, you know, I can re look at a piece of paper and I, I got my handy dandy glasses and everything that works. The, the words can still jump, but I give it a moment and I look at it and I concentrate. I am a script writer now. I've written Title 17 um, uh, job training programs. I, you know, have got the part in the Betsy Ross school play, went on all of those things. And, you know, it, it's interesting when I had to do that, it's like, you know, second grade kind of summed it up for me, all three things. And when you fast forward, here I am next week, Tuesday, I turn 54. And, you know, those three things still are very much a part of my life. I work in television. I work with those with special needs um, from dyslexia to autism to cerebral palsy, all of those kinds of things. And, you know, when I want something, I put my mind to it. I shut up and grind just like it says, and I make it happen. And, um, you know, that's really a little bit about who I am. And it was interesting that it almost could be defined in second grade when I started to really pull it together. You know, you can fast forward high school. You know, I'm a product of the, you know, late 70s, early 80s. And what kept me connected enough in school was that I wanted to be in the plays and you had to get just enough, good enough grades, couldn't ditch school enough, couldn't do this, couldn't do all the things that it's like, well, if I wanted to do this, this is what I had to do. And it kept me connected and focused enough that I stayed in those plays. I graduated from high school, you know, and, you know, I, I think I found a way to keep figuring it out until the path was very clear to me on how I was going to get there and what I was going to do. But that's also the beauty of being an entrepreneur, right? Is every day I wake up and I do something I've never, ever done before. And I love that. <laughs> yes. So I'm big into obstacle racing. And one of, of the, the MCs at the start line, Sean Corbell, he always says, when's the last time you did something for the first time? He says that all the time. And you know, hearing, hearing you say it now, it's so true. When people come to me and whether they want to lose weight or build muscle, like wh whatever their fitness goal is, I try to have them pick a goal that's outside of their scope. It's like, have you ever run a 5K, maybe a half, a half triathlon or a duathlon or an obstacle race? Have you ever had any interest in any of those, those, those things? And 
usually they say no. But then I, I do a couple of classes called obstacle conditioning where they don't know that I'm subconsciously preparing them to participate in one. And it's, it's not even so much just, just so to go and have fun. It's because I know these races present challenges that are going to mentally challenge them. And even with my own daughter, she did her first Tough Mudder this past August. And I did, I went with five or six of, of my clients and none of them had done a Tough Mudder before. It was my, my 11th. So like, I, I know what to, what to expect. And I've done well over 140 obstacle races total. And well, since a bad knee, knee injury, that's, that's how the Shut Up and Grind was really born. Cause I was told I would never run, run a jump again. And so all of this came after that. And so with, with the relevances, and so my daughter, we, we get to this obstacle where you have to jump to a rope, it's over water. And then from the rope, you have to get to this pipe and then shimmy down the pipe on the other side of the water. And so she gets there and she's like, you can just see the internal battle royal. And she almost gave up. So she finally jumps, she gets onto the rope and she's struggling to, to get up the rope. And I'm video, you can, you can hear me encourage her. I'm like, don't you quit, don't you quit. Take a deep breath. It's like, you can do this. And the whole point is, so she made it. And it's not even the point that she made it, is when she hit the ground, just the way her face lit up. You know, and it's like, yeah. that's, that's why I challenge them in the way I do, because it's for that moment right there is where that confidence goes to the next level. I, I see that every day, especially, you know, I in the population that I work with in special needs, you know, when they learn a new task and they realize that they learned this new task, the 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 relief, the joy, the the fulfillment that comes from them when they are like, you know, people said I could not do this and here I am doing it because I set my mind to it, because I reach for it, because I didn't give up. I may have had obstacles or challenges and days that I felt like it wasn't even worth it because it took me days, weeks, or months longer than the rest of everybody else. But you know what? I got it. I did it here. And and it's not even the reward that was, you know, whether it's the paycheck or the the kudos, it's that they they realize it inside themselves. And that is something that you can't you can't give to somebody, you know, in that sense. You have to give it to yourself. You can't you, you can encourage them and you can stand behind them, get their back, do all those things, but when you can give it to yourself and you can learn how to give it to yourself, there is nothing like it. You know, whether you're getting that out of exercise or hitting your weight goal or your training goal, or you've produced a TV show or hit a career goal or learned a new task. Any of those things are just phenomenal. And wow, I'm getting the, you know, the low gooseies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. See, and, and helping people get those moments, like that's why I do what I do. And getting back to, to the gym, we have a 20 foot high climbing rope. And one of, one of the, one of the ladies, like I teach her how to lock in. And so she starts going, then she gets scared and she comes, comes back down. I lock her in and, and she's like, all right, so, so what do I need to do to make this happen? I said, just go. 
That's all you need to do. I said, once I teach you how to lock in, the rest is on you. <laughs> you know, it's like there's nothing else I can give you in this moment. If that's between you and your fear. You know, it's like if you go up and you reach a certain level, like, okay, okay, I'm too high. And then they come back down. But then once they finally ring the bell, they never not do it. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's all about giving, give, sorry, let me, let me back up to my last show. We talked about, this was yesterday, actually. We talked about asking for what you want. You know what I mean? So it's like, if if, you, if you're lacking in courage, just whatever higher power you believe in, whether it's God, whether it's the universe, whether it's the law of attraction, it just has to be some higher power and just like, just give me the courage to do this. You know, or even if it's yourself, just look look within and be like, you know what? Give me the power to do this. And it's, it's funny because I feel like I got a lot of this resilience from sports and but also from managing at a young age because I managed a small diner at 15 and I became a general manager of a full-size restaurant at 19. And it's one of those things where it's like I put myself in a position from the discipline of sports to, to get to get these positions at such a young age. And so now I usually don't break into the main topic this early, but I feel we can easily fill the next 40, 40 minutes talking about workforce barriers between both of our experiences. But so, so how did, first, how did you get into doing what you're doing now? Well, you know, it, it's a long journey to even get here because, you know, I set out, I started as an actress, you know, way back when, and then moved behind the the scenes into producing and directing. And I wrote a screenplay and I was pursuing an industry in the entertainment industry. I was, that's where I was working. Um, I had a short stint in some corporate video working for Amgen um, in between Disney and some reality television. And uh, it, it was a whole different world to me when I first started to learn about corporate video production and industrials. And I started working for a pharmaceutical company, Amgen Pharmaceuticals, and we were making videos that counted, that mattered. All of a sudden, I'm making videos who for, for people who were diagnosed with cancer or life-threatening diseases. And these were videos to tell them how to take their medication or how to um, recover from the procedure that they just went through or, or different things like that. And it had a different meaning to me. And when I went back even to that reality television world, uh, it was, it, talk about a grind, talk about cutthroat. It, reality television is very, very cutthroat. Um, and it was about um, 11 months in, my husband, who's my partner in life and business, um, said, what if, he's a professional actor, he was doing some directing. He said, what if we cashed in our chips? We had a three-year-old at the time and we, you know, moved 70 miles south out of LA area and started our own production company. Nice. And I learned, you know what, you just have to say yes. And that's how it started. And I said yes. And the next day I put in my notice and we sold our house and we quit our Hollywood life and six figure income back in, you know, early 2000. And we never looked back. And um, how I actually got here is, you know, we were doing video production and then we started with an actor's studio and we were launching careers. And um, I was noticing in those acting classes, there were individuals who were coming and taking acting classes. You know, they were 
not quite the same as the rest of the population. And it's like, well, maybe they're a little on the spectrum. And But when they were in class and when they were on stage, it was like two different people. Mm-hmm. And I, somebody came to us who had Tourette's. They could not go five, 10 minutes without an outburst of something. You put them on stage. Now they're working on memorized dialogue. They can be on stage for an hour and a half and never have an episode. It it was amazing. And, you know, I'm not a psychologist or behavior specialist, but it was just like, how how, this is interesting, right? So continuing on, I get involved. You know, if you're going to be, I'm a true believer that if you're going to make something work, you got to show up show up and say yes. Those are kind of the key things in the entrepreneurial world, show up and say yes. And um, so I was at a chamber event, showed up, got introduced to um, somebody. Let me jump in in real quick. I'm going to write that down, chamber event, because I don't want you to lose your your train of thought. I just just want to backtrack. I mean, not backtrack, but I want to add on to what you were just saying about why that happened. Now, I'm no psychologist either, but I know things about human psychology, right? So, so you know, b- before before the, the, the Facebook fact checkers come out, this is Bob's opinion and lived experience, is that's the difference between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. It's like you wake up in the morning, you stretch, you go to the bathroom, you wash your face, like all that stuff, you just do it like clockwork. Because I had a bad stuttering problem growing up. And just trying to talk on the fly, I'm like, mom, <laughs> like it was that bad. And then we had a poetry contest, and that was like my worst nightmare. <laughs> like I don't want to get up in front of a couple hundred people and not be able to talk. But I get up there, and because I had the poem mem- memorized, so now I'm working on my subconscious mind. It, it came out beautifully. And so that's where I know, all right, I have to slow down. I have to get a hold of my material. It's like, I'm in control of this. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's the same there. And again, you know, I'm no doctor, but I'm, I'm assuming that's why that would have, they would get up on stage because it's rehearsed. And now the subconscious mind is taken over. I, I'm pretty sure that's, you know, what it is too. It, yeah. you know, when it was first happening, you know, it was just like, wow, that's kind of anomaly. But, you know, as I, you start putting it together, it really is the, it's when the subconscious mind takes over all of the, the challenges and the barriers that we put in front of us, not to say that they're self-imposed, but they are a lot of ways that's how our fear or our uncomfortability shows up in us. And, you know, I'm a, you know, you talked about fear a little bit ago and, you know, I was told way back when, you know, you don't have to kick fear out. Fear is something that, you know, we all need, you know, to, to have a little bit of fear in our life to, to keep us safe and all those things, but it's okay to tell fear to take a seat in the back seat. You can't touch the radio. Don't touch the steering wheel that you're going to drive for a while. And, you know, you're going to make things happen. And, you know, you can let me know if you have something to say, but other than that, put your seatbelt on and sit down. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's, it's it's human nature. It's self-preservation. It's like, that's why fear exists. It's, it's like, you know, before we had houses and supermarkets and everything, we were hunt, we were hunter-gatherers. You know, it was like, yeah. it's like fear kept you alive. And, but that's still part of our, of our genetic makeup. So that's why fear gets in there, but you can't have courage without fear. 
You know, so it's like that's how you, like people look, look at me. Oh God, Rob is fearless. Rob has lots of fears. Rob just doesn't let it let it, let them stop him. You know, right. I have a horrible fear of snakes, but I love to hike. <laughs> and so you know, hiking at some point you're gonna cross paths with one, <laughs> and so, and so, so I get out there anyway, even though my heart's in a pit of my stomach. But I do it anyway. It's like I don't have a fear of heights, but you know, there is a certain level where you're like, damn, that's high. <laughs> like, exactly. But you go anyway. So, anyways, back to you. All right. So you were talking about the chamber event. Um, well, that's where um, you know, as I said, you know, I'm a firm believer. You say yes and you show up, and uh, when you commit yourself, and you know, I, I, I join the chamber. I uh, sit on workforce development. I sit on economic development, um, and that's when all my worlds kind of collided at this chamber event. And I was introduced to a, a woman who she worked at Inland Regional Center. There's Inland Regional Centers nationwide across the country. And um, she she said, hey, what if we had a little coffee? I want to talk to you about someone after I told her what I did. You know, I work in video production and I had a TV studio and all of these things. And and so, again, I said, sure. Yeah. You know, let's meet. Let's have coffee. You know, I invite her over the studio and we sat and talked and she had another ask for me. And she said, I have an individual I'd like you to meet. And he has special needs. He has a learning disability, but he loves audio production and he, he's very talented. And I went, okay. She's like, you know, what I really like for him to do is come work at your studio. And I'm like, come work in my studio. I'm like, I don't have a job. I, you know, I barely even for him. I, you know, I, I barely even worked out of my studio. I was half out of my house, half out of the studio, trying to figure out how to make all the businesses work. And um, she said, just meet him. So what do I say? Yes. And I meet him. And of course he's awesome. Right. And he starts telling me how he loves audio and he's a DJ and he knows all of this. And I'm like, you actually really know a lot about audio and he was very passionate about it. He just wasn't quite sure how to put it all together. He wasn't quite sure how to explain how he knew it all. But as I would ask questions or he would show me, I knew he knew it. And so I listened to what this young, this woman had to say, and she told me about this, these programs, these workforce programs where I could have him come work at my studio it wouldn't cost me anything as a business financially. And he came with a job coach and I'm like, okay, <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. And he came and he started and was any odd job that I wanted to do. I wanted to move something. I wanted him to clean. I, he would do anything. He just wanted to be around the television studio, see what we did, be a part of all of that. And within four months, I was writing a job training program for adults with special needs. And that's how I kind of got to where I was because I went, if I can teach him, I can teach anybody who has passion. I don't have to be a professional educator. I don't have to be a behavioral specialist. I don't have to have any of this training other than find somebody who has passion and interest and I can work with them. And that's when it started to all develop. And 
Um, thankfully, I had a, a husband who felt the same way and a business partner. And uh, we, you know, we wrote a program uh, in our nonprofit. At that point, I had had the nonprofit, uh, which is all about visual performing and digital arts, because I, you know, I'm a true believer that the arts level the playing field. It takes everything to that same level. People have a lot of fear about the arts because they're putting their work out there. It's very subjective. And so everybody goes about it in the same way. The arts, you know, to somebody who can see a person or a stick figure or somebody who can see um, a masterpiece or scribbles, you know, it, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter the arts level, the playing field, and everybody has to put themselves out there. And if you have passion, arts drive passion, then you have that you have that place that everybody can then rise up from. And that's why I do what I do. That's where, you know, I, I you know, that's why, you know, I, I, I never ever defined it this way until this year. But, you know, people used to always ask me, what do you do now? What do you, what's your job? You know, okay, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a video producer. I'm da, 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 da. You know, I make dreams come true. And I do that by providing hope. And now hope means to me helping one person every day. See, and that, that right there is the difference between an idea and an actual business. Like that's, that's the difference is like pe people, I was working with someone, he's, he's, he's a fitness trainer like I am. And I asked him, I was like, so why, why did you become a fitness trainer? And you know, he, he gave me, he gave me his answers and I was like, okay, th those are good answers. I said, but those are all about you. You know, I said, so let's try that again. So, so act, act as if you were speaking to an audience. You know, why did you become a fit fitness trainer? And so then we did the second take and it was, it was better. But then finally on the third take was when like the true passion arose, you know, because so many people, you know, out of fear of being labeled cocky or having an ego, it's like they downplay themselves. And, and again, people who listen to this show on the regular, I always like the name of my program is speak about yourself out loud. You know, because it's one thing that 2020 taught me was so many people like in all these Zoom meetings and kind of like how I started with you, introduce yourself. And so many people are bad at it. Like they're just so bad at it. And what that does is it suppresses our inner gifts, you know? So like until you got that first client with special needs or, or that first employee with, spe with special needs, it unlocked a superpower in you. That, that was probably being suppressed because you were so busy doing everything else. And then you had that experience and then that unlocked something different in you. And I go back to when I started fitness, that was when Planet Fitness was popping up all over the place. And I was training in my garage in my house. And, and I'm not talking one of them nice pimped out garages. No, this is like <laughs> ghetto looking, you know, the, the hinges broke on the thing and I have to struggle to open the door. And, you know, so it wasn't one of those nice home gyms. And, and I started there. And one of my clients, before she paid me, she's like, you know, before I give you this check, she's like, I just want you to know there's a brand new state of the art Planet Fitness two minutes from my house. She's like, but I'm willing to pay you five times the amount and she looks around and she goes to train here, <laughs> and, <she's> like, <laughs> and she said because 
you taught me to believe in myself again. And it was at that moment where I was like, this has nothing to do with losing weight. It's, it's like, this is, no. de- this is definitely bigger than losing weight and putting on muscle. And so that's where we that's know. It's for you. A, yeah. It's a mindset. You know, it, it, it really, it, it's a mindset. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer, you know, by no means am I, you know, it's interesting that here I am on a fitness show, right, uh, as a video producer. And that would honestly be one of my biggest challenges is in the health and fitness. I get, I'm too busy, I can't work out, grab the chips, you know, all of those kinds of things where those are my biggest challenges. I'm always working on that relationship with food, you know, so um so, you know, as you go there, but it's a mindset, you know, I, I definitely know that because as I work through it, where I put up those roadblocks for my fitness challenges, and it's like, it's so much easier. Well, I've got this one aced over here. I'm going to go put somebody to work because I can do that one. Right. Exactly. And, you know, we can all hide behind our, our strengths and our weaknesses, but it's, it comes down to a mindset, you know? when I want to work on myself and my weight and my health and I put my mind to it and I work with somebody like you and I'm in there that can pump my mind and feed my soul and give me the the framework that I need and the encouragement, my mind can start to shift. And that's, you know, you know, we all need help in those areas. That's why we have, I have a business coach. I have a, you know, a health coach and all of those things because, but yet I can coach too, you know, so that, that, that is part of it just because, you know, I might have to seek some resources that I may need doesn't mean that I can't give out resources. And, you know, that's a a big thing that I find is people, well, I can't go get that help. You know, if I do that, I'm going to appear weak. No, I, I think you're going to appear strong yes. um, because it, it really is a mindset that, you know, and, and I, it, that's what, again, the arts is, it's collaboration, it's teamwork, it's, it, it's one person has a strength here, another person has a strength here, bring them together and you can make beautiful things, yes. you know, and that is, I, you know, I, I think that's, it, it's in, as I look at my screen, the power lies in your story. And, you know, it, it, it really is that, you know, we all have our story and we have to tell it. And it's when we share it with others and um, we talk about our, uh, our, our challenges as well as our wins, you know, in that sense, because, yep. you know, what is it? You know, it's Friday. Friday is Friday wind day. Right. You know, and <laughs> uh, you're supposed to, you know, share your wins for the week and, and, and do all of that. And, um, you know, I, I did it. I snuck in a picture. This is a win for me, you know, to be here on your podcast. And it's just I, I think those things are, are beautiful when collaboration comes together like that. And that all happens when, you know, we work together and we, we, we get our mind in the right place. <laughs> see, see, I've been patient. I've been patiently wait, waiting for you to say one particular word about the arts is that it's expressive. You know, oh, yes. That's, yes. that's the thing. That's the thing with the arts. It, it, it's expressive. And, and, um, and this is a personal development show. This is not a fitness show. Just wanted, to throw, just wanted to throw that out there, even though I talk about fitness a lot and I wear a tank top. But <laughs> the one thing I noticed in doing this, like I said, this is what, episode 167 episodes. I say the first seven or seven or eight or so, it was just me talking because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And 
So you're talking 160 guests I've had on this show. I've had everything from doctors, lawyers, to senators. I had a, I had a Playboy centerfold. I had a pimp. I had an ex-gang member. I've had authors. Like I've had absolutely every industry imaginable. I've had Im- immigrants come, come, come into this country. I've had a man who fought in the Israeli um, with the Israeli army. And everyone's path is the same. <laughs> it really is. So like, like as you're talking about entertainment, I'm giving examples in fitness. Two completely different industries. We're on two different coasts in the country, but the parallels are the same. <laughs> and, and that's the beauty of doing this show. Whether I want to help someone lose 20 pounds, whether I want to help someone start, start a podcast, I helped a young man down in Florida become better at interviewing because he just couldn't land any jobs or any internships is the process is exactly the same <laughs> you know so it, it really doesn't matter what the industry is it's like we're all a lot more alike than we think we do than, than yeah. we think we are you know and show in this show